if you look at the body of the work, not any one individual piece, you know, artist as photographer or painter or sculptor or whatever, I think the state of their emotions and their mind will show in the work as an aggregate. From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. Richard Bram is our guest. Hello there. Thanks I'm for joining back us. back again. You are back again. I was going to say, uh, of all the episodes that we've put out on the LPV show, the most listened to episode is Richard Bram. That's really scary. It is. You have. You must have like a I had no idea. I had such an audience. I don't have any clothes. influence, but I have an audience. <laughs> so I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, I mean, that's something you could put on your gravestone, huh? He had an audience. He had. <laughs> he made pictures. He had an audience. Richard Bram, born whenever, died. Well, not yet. Um, <laughs> yeah, he had influence. No, well, he didn't have influence. He had, he had an, an audience. audience. Yeah, okay, enough well, comedy. That's good. So. I mean, that's it's good. But anyways, it was <laughs> yeah. that's not the only reason we bring you back. Of course not. You know, uh, we sure want, we're happy to have you here. We're happy to talk about what you're up to and we're going to talk about the book you've been working on for a while here and I think like you've got some interesting insights for us hopefully. Well, How long have you well, been working so. on, on this oh, book? Oh god, it's probably close to 2 years by now. Yeah. But as someone said, if you want to do it well, don't be in a hurry. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't. There's no need to have it. It's an ego. Mm-hmm. It's an ego drive, right? We want to have mm-hmm. something that we can touch and hold in our hands and give to somebody, as opposed to stuff that's just on the web, mm-hmm. which is ultimately transient. Mm-hmm. And uh, or, I mean, I like gallery shows. I like being in gallery shows because mm-hmm. it looks really nice to see it on the wall. But how many people actually see mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Not many. Whereas a, the reach of a, of a physical object, a book, is not as great as the web, but it's longer lasting, mm-hmm. I think is the best way to yeah, put it. Yeah, and I think, like, you know, what we have talk about, the books too, to me, it actually, I mean, it's, it's putting your work together in that way. And it's a way, at least for me, the way I want to see the photos and the way I want people to see the photos too. So to me, there's always like that impetus of like, I'm not necessarily doing that to, you know, reach hundreds Two hundreds, three hundreds, however many people it would be, but it's at for, least forty-five. But I'm, but for the way that you work and the way that I want my work to be perceived, it's in sure. this format. So to me, like working on the books as I've been doing for the last couple of years, even through book dummies, is right. it makes me edit my work differently, makes me look at my work differently, and then ultimately makes me think differently about it. So to me, I think there's all those multitude of reasons yeah. for doing the book. Um, you know, that Absolutely. that'll play a role in it. It know? also just the fact, even if it's just having a dummy while your instac turns off and makes <laughs> yeah, funny yeah. noises, yeah. Uh, is especially with street photography, which tends to be mm-hmm. collections of individual unrelated images. Mm-hmm. Um a way of sort of seeing what you're actually doing. It mm-hmm. makes you have it in a physical form that you can spread around mm-hmm. a table as opposed to looking at it on a screen. Right, right. But having the prints and trying to see what threads run through it, what what repeats as far as theme or mm-hmm. composition or the way you put a frame together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Is it coherent? Is there a story here? Mm-hmm. Um, and often there is not, mm-hmm. but yet things relate anyway. And sometimes in in the weirdest ways. Yeah. So is that? Do you think the book you're calling it uh, significant gestures? At right? the moment, yeah. At the moment, and these photos are all New York photos, right? Uh, yes, it started out where I just originally was. 
I was trying to break what I think of as the tyranny of place and chronology. Mm-hmm. And so I took every picture that I liked, whether it be from New York, mm-hmm. from London, from Europe, for wherever, as long as it was in color because I, mm-hmm. I, I've seen very few books that work really well mixing the two. Mm-hmm. It can be done but it's tricky. Sure. Um, and I said, okay – Let's just do it a all in color, mm-hmm. which put sort of a time on it because I've really only heavily worked in color for the last five years. Uh, although I've been shooting color all my life, but mm-hmm. not really th- this kind of photography. Um, and so I threw everything in, and sort of I had a first dummy, which was like the world, mm-hmm. you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. And it was cool, and some of the juxtapositions were good, but eh, it didn't quite hang together. And then. I began to think about what would tell a story and what's the impetus. Mm -hmm. And I realized the New York pictures are different Mm -hmm. from a lot of the others. Mm -hmm. The stuff I do outside of New York tends to be maybe a little softer, Mm -hmm. maybe a little more romantic Mm -hmm. because New York is not a romantic place (laughs) for me. Um, And they sort of hung together better. And slowly but surely, then then it narrowed down to New York and London because Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time in both places. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, it just got tighter until it was just New York. do it just New York, and now I'm tearing my hair out with that. Well, I think so, yeah. I, mean, I think it's interesting that you say there's also obviously there's aesthetically how they're similar and the location is similar, but there's also you know it seems to me like there's that emotional pull to it as well too that maybe like that's yeah pulling the edit too is like you're trying to say something about your experience in New York and you know, being out on the streets, because it's interesting that you say that it isn't a romantic city for you. And I know no. that you've mentioned in passing to me before that long-term you don't see yourself staying in New York. That you, no. You're going to be, you and your, your wife are going to be, we're out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're, we're going. We're, 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 so it is, there, maybe there's you go back to London. Yeah, there's that emotional, there's something pulled to it that I'm always interested when artists feel that. You know, for me it was the same thing when I was in L.A. Right. I wanted to put out this book of this, this color photos because it was me leaving LA and I knew emotionally when I looked at those photos that it was there. So do you feel when you look at them that there's this emotional line of, throughout the, throughout the photos as well? I do. Um, I think any artist who does, if you look at the body of the work, not any one individual piece, you know, artist as photographer or painter or sculptor or whatever, I think the state of their emotions and their mind will show in the work as an aggregate. Um, And I think these pictures are more critical. They're more confrontational. Mm -hmm. um, They're more neurotic, perhaps. After all, this is the most neurotic place I can think of on Earth. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... And I think the work reflects some of that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the one thing you cannot find in New York City, especially... Mm -hmm. You can get anything you want except tranquility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's never tranquil, mm-hmm. except under a heavy snowstorm at the same time as a transit strike, you know, yeah. or a hurricane well, afterwards. Well, you know, then know. everything is dead. But other I've than been, that. <laughs> I've been on some corners in Queens, you know, I've been walking around Queens. Yeah. I, like, there is part of me, the reason I like being out there in Queens is that there is a certain bliss. And, like, if I'm it's on quieter. A Sunday morning and I'm out, and like, like, to me, this just feels like. It's a different rhythm. It's a different beat to New York. Yeah. It's a whole different thing. So I think, like, for you, it's like, yeah, you you recognize that there isn't that tranquility. Maybe for me, I'm all, like, hunting for the yeah. tranquility in the right. middle of the city. But I want to kind of, like, speaking back to your pictures, is that you right. are also working very much in a tradition, a tradition you're very fond of, and that's what we're going to call 
the street photography tradition. I suppose are, are we you, could. Are, we are could gonna, call it that. Are I'll you take. gonna? Are you gonna? Are you going down that? Are you gonna even? It's, of course, it's street photography. Mm-hmm. It's, it's photography in a public space uh-huh. on the street. Uh-huh. Sure, uh, you know, I'm a photographer. I'm. They call me. You can call me a street photographer. Mm-hmm. Call me whatever. But I'm a photographer. I take pictures of all sorts of things mm-hmm. besides this. Right. Uh, I just work with my camera. Um, but getting back to this particular group, sure, it's street mm-hmm. photography. It's all taken in public mm-hmm. on the streets, almost all in Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, almost all lower Manhattan mm-hmm. because, well, that's where I am. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. I'm not the great flaneur. I do not – I have not taken on the whole thing of I have to walk Manhattan from one end right. to the other every day in every neighborhood and do mm-hmm. a companion. Forget it. Mm-hmm. It's not who I am. Mm-hmm. Um you're never this gonna is, see everything all at once. Oh, it, yeah, yeah it, it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, in a lifetime, it's not possible. So what? It's what I come upon in my wanderings. I mean, sometimes I will go out shooting, and I'll hang around in one place for a few hours and just see what goes on in front of me. And sometimes chance will throw something really good in front of me, and occasionally I even manage to get it, as we all do when we do that kind of work. And a lot of times, well, we don't. We don't show those to anybody. Um, but, I mean, that's what it is. This is – I mean, someone said, God, Richard, you got to get above, you know, Chamber Street. <laughs> I said, well, but I spend a lot of my time just yeah. doing stuff downtown because well, that's where I Which is funny because you have yeah. a lot of people that will just say, get out of Midtown, stop shooting in yeah. Midtown. Yeah, so I don't but shoot see. Fifth Avenue. Yeah, yeah okay. shoot Fifth Avenue or yeah. Broadway or whatever in Times right. Square. And like, no, thank you. So I think, like, you know, obviously right. it is street photography and I've been pretty vocal of saying that it's using that as I've been calling it a bad <laughs> brand. That the, in which, Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes, all, which becomes kind of a joke, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a joke with a point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because... The one thing that I work at with the pictures I choose mm-hmm. is they're not is that I want to relate them because of my own background, having and I've said this before, studied a lot of art and art history and a lot of everything. You know, I've I took physics in college. I didn't do well, but I took it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, because I'm interested in everything. But all of that informs what's going on in my head when I make a picture, and even more when I'm editing the pictures. Mm-hmm. And I think really good photography that is made on the street, mm-hmm. no matter what you wish to call it, will rise above. Mm-hmm. And there's an awful lot of good photography. Mm-hmm. A lot of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are, have embraced this, mm-hmm. but a lot of people are all busy copying each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and or um, and I'm, I'm guilty. You know, when I started out, I. You know, I went to the library and I just fell in love with Cartier-Bresson and Andre Kertes. And what did I do? I spent several years yeah, imitating Cartier-Bresson. Ben, Arlewitz, Arlewitz, yeah, all of it. Arlewitz, all of it. I mean, sure. I think my, my issue more is almost, like I said, why I call it a bad brand. It's because it's – I like I love good, candid photos. Like, obviously, right. like that stuff. And, you know, I don't shoot it so much anymore. That's a different reason. But I think my annoyance with it online is that it's, like, become the reason – it, it's how people associate their identity, and it's become this weird. Oh, I'm a street photographer. It's yeah. like this macho thing. It is. And it's like I'm. I am nothing. Street photography mm-hmm. is my religion. Really, that's sad. Yeah, and it weird. Have it you is, a life? But it is weird. <laughs> it also, it's also weird that it is. It seems to be a certain demographic of like men who need yep. who are grasping onto this identity, and they use it to kind of like. 
you know, get all the wrongs out. Get it, yeah, and like you're not to me. It's like it becomes it's not, it's not about the photography really. It's become about the social media and your identity and putting it out and building this thing and like See, getting the it's not about the pictures. Know? It's yeah. about the experience of making the yeah. pictures. Yeah. Which sure it'll inform it. Of course it will. But ultimately, all that's left is what you've put in a rectangle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have any of your attitude, right. anything else in it, but what's in the rectangle. And there's either substance in it or it's empty. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the hard part is deciding if that if you have that. Right, right, right. I mean, that's the hard part. I mean, I, I could shoot 8,000 frames in a year and there might be eight really decent pictures in there if I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. um, and the farther I get from them, that eight might become seven or even six. And I actually think that was one of my frustrations with shooting that way because mm -hmm. I would go out and, you know, I remember early on, Raul Gadapin would say, you stop taking pictures of people because I would shoot roll and roll of people and be like, these all suck. He's like, try shooting something else. And it was once I started to take other pictures, it was like, I less, I got out of that mindset of, you know, I'm only going to get one in a hundred or whatever. It's like, I'm taking pictures for different reasons. And I think that really liberated me from that kind of pressure of like, you're only going to get one good photo per month and these sort of things. And I think that was, you know, is one of like the, those most difficult aspects of shooting that way is that it is it's a, it's really, a hard discipline. It's a hard People discipline. are too easily satisfied. Right. I mean, I look at the stuff that I was so proud of years ago and I just sort of cringe mm -hmm. and it's like, oh dear. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's funny how that happens. Yeah, it happens. It, but that's experience and more study and more heavy use of a wastebasket. But, but you uh, were also, but you yeah. brought up something really good and you had wow. that you posted this up on social media and you going through your archives and you're scanning, you had this picture of oh, Muhammad yeah. Ali. So right. it kind of work. I think it can work in reverse. Right. Where the older you you have, you know, you mature I've known a bit, it was there. And you go back and you look at these photos right. and with stuff you might have thought was garbage 15 years right. ago, 10 years ago, now you come back and you look at it as a different perspective. Right. And all of a sudden you see there's a charm to it or there's something that you like about yeah. it that's... It had always been context, in the back of my know? head, but I just, I, I mean, oh, I got to pull that out and scan it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I got to pull that out and scan it, but I'm looking for something else. And mm -hmm. then you just mm -hmm. pass it by. Well, that happened for about 15 years. Yeah. And <laughs> this time, because I was in the middle of doing a whole bunch of scanning, uh -huh. which is really boring, mm -hmm. um, I said, okay, I'll just stick it in while I'm scanning all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was like, Bram, you're an idiot. <laughs> Why haven't you pulled this out yeah, before? Yeah, exactly. This is a great photo. Yeah. Um, but is scanning no? I mean, I, this might yeah. be a little bit of a sidetrack. But is sure. scanning really boring? Because I don't. I used to think I used to be on that line, but I don't think scanning is boring. When I get film, anytime I have to sit down and scan, I enjoy it. To me, you give me those three hours where I sit and scan, and I get to look at new pictures or I get to find new stuff. Is like to me is one of the most thrilling aspects of photography. So I do not buy that scanning is boring. I don't think any photographer who shoots film thinks scanning is really boring. I think well, it, really the one thing it does, I mean, it's, it's a little like the drudgery mm -hmm. of darkroom work. Say, oh, darkroom work is magic. It's so much fun. Not if you do it all day, every <laughs> right, day. Right. It's work. Right. And scanning is work. Mm -hmm. the, I mean, the actual, it just, it's while it's going yeah. for four minutes per image, uh -huh. um, you know, you, you can do something else, mm -hmm. but not for very long. Then you have to come back and then change it out. Mm -hmm. But I am having fun with this project, um, looking at all these old negatives mm -hmm. that I haven't seen in 15 or, no, make that 25 years. Wow. And of this music series I mm -hmm, shot, mm -hmm. and um, like, damn, there's a lot of good pictures in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
and I'm having a real good time with that. Yeah. Uh, but and that will lead to another book. I'm working with the producer of the series nice. from Kentucky and Julius Fried, Dick Van Cleek and mm-hmm. Julius Friedman, who is a brilliant graphic artist, book designer, mm-hmm. art poster artist, you know, multi-talented guy in his own right. Mm-hmm. Uh, on what we hope is going to be a really nice book on on the, the Lonesome Pine Specials, which was this cool. music series I photographed for a dozen years in Kentucky. Wow. But that was from the 80s to the 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I've always said, oh, I, I'm not old enough yet to be <laughs> doing the thing where I stop shooting and just spend my time with my archives. Uh-huh. And this is the first time I've done that. It's uh-huh. making me a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is- But like, it's good stuff. I wish I could just get to that point. Can I go on and skip like shooting? <laughs> Can you just give me the archives? Brian, like, I'll call you in 20 years. All right, no, we'll talk well, about that. I mean, I, 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 I'm a little bit fearful of being at that age, but I would love to have the archives. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there yeah. is, I mean, because I've chewed through my archives, which is about 10 years yeah. now. Well, someone did that with Vivian Meyer. Well, I, yeah, of course, but I'm just saying, like <laughs> that I, was easier because he wasn't emotionally involved in the work itself. Right, it wasn't his work. Yeah, that's uh, such a tricky thing. Like and this when it's somebody I've, else's, and it's much easier to judge. Right, it is, and I don't know that I would enjoy that as much because I do some, you know, stuff on internet appropriation where I'm digging through tons and tons mm-hmm. of photos, and I can only do that for maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> and I'm like, get me yeah. out of here! I'm gonna drive me crazy. But if I go sit down at night and I'm like, okay, I'm digging through my stuff and I'm looking through pictures and I'm trying to think differently. That it's a different it's a different experience because at some point it'll be like oh here's some train of thought I think some good pictures mm-hmm. I can put together other times you get sucked into this nostalgia and then all of a sudden the emotions come up and all the stories and I'm like I have to get out of here you know what I mean oh Especially yeah if you're looking at really personal pictures it's just, it's just too much that's it's, really tricky get oh my god archive, yeah um, and because it that's all interspersed right you know exactly. it's like yeah it's the contact sheet of the concert but oh here's this side shot of somebody mm-hmm. uh, and you know frame number frame number 12 I, I looked over to the side and photographed this person or that person right. and then back to the work and it's like oh yeah I remember no never mind back to work <laughs> yeah, back to work yeah, yeah. Um, and there's all that uh, I mean my life is in my archives right the good the bad and the miserable mm-hmm. Um uh, I mean, someone was talking about the glory of being a starving artist. No, actually, it's not glorious. It's not fun. Um, because in the early part of this, the first show I shot, I mean, we're getting off the subject of the book, but was John Hartford in 1985 when I was, I just shot it on spec from my seat. Mm-hmm. And it was a, but there was a concert in this hall, the Kentucky Center for the Arts, but they'd set up a dance floor and some tables to, for people to sit at. And at the end of the show, Hart, Hartford, uh, you know, cleared the table, said, y'all want to dance? I'm just going to call. And he started fiddling yeah. to, and, and started calling steps. And people cleared out so I could get really close. Mm-hmm. And then that's how I started this whole series. I took him into the guy who ran the series and said, hey, these are good. Right, right, And right. so that was my in. Yeah. Um, so it's that hunch. It's I mean, the hunch. It's that hunch. It's the like hunch I'm and take, a little nerve. Yeah. Take one picture and then you kind of get to it. Yeah. And, and, and that I wasn't actually, very good. That actually yeah. ties in because I do. I think even yeah. like some of the personal stuff, obviously, like you see whatever, friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like I'll come across like a thread of photos. It's like mm-hmm. I just shot a bunch of random stuff one night. And I'm like, why right. did I do that? Like, And then you look at the photos and it instantly comes back. It's like I was walking home from wherever one night and like the memory just – 
and some reverie was going through. And I don't, I've never, I don't think as long as I live, I'll ever be able to figure out how that works. How the memory will just be gone and the photos, a random photo of a garbage can or something it is, and all of a sudden, whoosh, like you're back right on that same walk. And like that is an amazing crazy thing about like photographs and how that works but and this is something i've been well they're about. peripheral figment they're peripheral fragments but of it your is memory no, but somebody else would look at that and there's no memory it's no. only it's so there's, it's only that, to there's you. that only it's that very intimate relationship that a photographer has with their archive right that can never be communicated right. because only you have those memories yeah. you know what i mean and like to me i think that there's some sort of beauty in never being able to translate that that relationship between the memory and the photograph, you know? Yeah. Connectors to the past. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But it's well, only, like, some people only do, you some know, don't. You know? Yeah. You some know. people do and some don't. Yeah. Some people want to eliminate all of it. Mm. You know, they, they want to live in a completely minimal existence. Says, no, I just want to get rid of all this peripheral yeah. stuff. It's like the whole Zen thing is like mm-hmm. eliminate all of that. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid I'm a more of a maximalist than a <laughs> right, right. you know. Well, I do. I think there is. I mean, I think maybe there is some to that street photography impulse, if we want to call yeah. it, is that I think when I did start shooting, it was like I want to yeah. remember being out in L.A. Right. There was that thing. So maybe right. maybe something that binds the, the that aesthetic together is that there is an emotional thing, a tie to like being in a time and a place, and mm-hmm. maybe that's – you know, maybe that's why so many kind of like men gravitate to it because they want that emotional connection to their life. Because they're because they're un, unable they're to get any because they're empty men and they can't they're make empty. any emotional <laughs> connections with with human beings. Well, maybe I'm stretching yes. to being too yes. psychoanalytical let us go, here. You know? Let's just take this. Might be something. Yeah, yeah. actually, there could o- be some of that. Overcompensating for a deficiency, yeah, exactly. emotional exactly. deficiencies, yeah. exactly. emotional deficiencies. Because oftentimes yeah. you do see like people that are it's like they want to be like I'm. I'm a part of the world. I see the beauty. You know what I mean? I see that. I'm like, I'm showing the beauty of urban life or the world and those sort yeah. of things. Well, let's not take this metaphor too far because, it become, <laughs> because frankly, it becomes silly. And, yeah. Yeah, it, it becomes a silly generalization. Yes. But Well, I like sometimes it's silly. silly. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm, I'm glad that you made it and not me. That's all I can say. But anyhow, I told you I'm the one who says the stupid things. So. I, I knew I liked you. Uh, <laughs> you, saved, you saved me for myself. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. I can't hit the mute button that much. Oh, well, that's all right. That's all right. We'll forgive you. All right. But going back to yeah. where we were. Yeah. So I had I had this dummy here, uh, which tentatively called Significant Gestures. Uh-huh. Um, and this was like what I laughingly call version 3.6. <laughs> and it has different layout attempts. I'm making mm-hmm. big pictures and small pictures and moving them up and down the page. And, the mo- and to have – I got the physical thing – done because I wanted to touch it, feel it, right. see what it looked like. Because, And then I realized, nope, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It This is not doing what I want it to do. And when you see the juxtapositions, it's like, nope, that doesn't really work. And that picture has to go. And that mm-hmm. picture has to, oh, I really like that picture. It's got to go. Mm-hmm. How do you do your layouts? Do you do it in? I did it in Lightroom. You said Basic Lightroom. Lightroom template. Basic yeah, so you Lightroom. do the Lightroom book module. Yeah, Lightroom yeah, book exactly. module. Yeah, I think like I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, don't you think like, it's limiting, but it works. It works. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, enough in there to do it, and then you print it out. That's I, yeah. to me like a working method. Like I'm no designer. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question would be like, if you're, if now you're I need a real book designer. Why 
you know, what, have you given it to someone else to edit or to do I have I've had like two different people uh, who've helped me with the edit. Uh, Stella Kramer sort of broke mm. a lot of a lot of my preconceptions and gave me a lot of my first layouts and she was unbelievably helpful because mm-hmm. she's very sharp and she spends her life looking at pictures. So, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And pro. she and she wasn't yeah, she is a pro and she wasn't emotionally involved in the pictures. Mm-hmm. And then I tried that and then left it alone for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had additional input from other people and also Regina Montfort, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, a good friend of Christophe's who is b- also – but she's a photojournalist herself and uh, also edits. Mm-hmm. And she further refined it to a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of let go for a while because I had some other personal stuff going mm-hmm. on. Um dealing with aging parent mm-hmm. and all of that. And that sort of took over my emotional life. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of had to push everything aside for a bit. And now that I'm coming back to it after a real break, I'm looking at it again and going, sequencing is not good. The pacing <laughs> isn't good. Right. It's just too much boom, 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 and right. then too much languid. It's right. not – it doesn't have a mm-hmm. flow. Even though the first time you get a book, you might go through it directly from front mm-hmm. to back. After that, people pick up a book – they look at the front, then they go to the back, right, and right, then they right. flip some pages and they go to the middle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and another place, and yeah, and then they go back and forth when they look at a photo. Well, book. I did. I mean, the same thing yeah. in my Genesee right. Avenue thing. Like I've right. been through. I mean, that that photos I finished in end of two thousand eight, and I, I can't remember. I did the first dummy three years ago, and I'm on yeah. dummy four. Yeah, I just gifted Tom. I, I gave Tom a version of it. And I'm like, uh, right. I got. I'm going back and I'm changing the format. Right. I kind of have. In terms of the sequencing and whatever, I, I know I'm at the place that I want to mm-hmm. be with it. So it's kind of, but you, you're right. You have to like put it down. You have to try the different right. things. And like between each version, I I pull out some photos. Yeah. I change these sort of things. Right. So it's like, I don't know. I, to me, it, and since this was done, I've got ten more really good photos yeah. that go in to replace the six or seven that I'm pulling out. Well, that's a good thing about my book. Is that yeah, it's, it's done. I'm not you're done. Not LA I'm not going anymore. anymore. Like, right. Your body of work has a has a finite yes. beginning and yes. an end. That's yes. a great thing. It is a great thing and it's, a, well, you had that in Louisville. I mean, you yeah. had like the big hair, the big, which we talked about. Right, big hair and two love. Yeah. We talked about that last, last time. time. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think there is a challenge to that if you feel like you're still inside of it. Yeah. Then it's like if I could only go out and get one or two more pictures, one or two more pictures. Right. It's kind of something I'm struggling with now with the stuff I shoot in Queens because I'm like, well, I lo- I think about it. It's like I could yeah. conceivably I could be living in Queens maybe till I die. <laughs> well, so that, one never knows. So, so is this, could this become that project? Because I think about contentment. It, at a certain like, point, be, you, you have know? to draw a line and say, right. okay, then, okay, that picture will go in the next book. <laughs> well, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah, oh. yeah, it ain't over. It ain't over till it's over. Yeah, I don't know if that's the book. I, I think I, I might. I'm gonna. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just stop making the pictures. Do conceptual work. I don't know. Yeah. But well, I, I like to, you know, try to draw. I think it's interesting the idea of drawing the line in the sand or drawing the perimeters around a project. I've tried, and then I get one more really nice picture. Yeah. Now, 2015 has not been a good year for me. I haven't had a lot of good pictures oh, this no. year. No, it Are happens. You the same stuff. Some, yeah. uh, it just you know you go through the edit and you go through the pictures mm-hmm. and you go. Some you know some some are better than others, right. and like I was amazed. I got some really nice pictures in thirteen and fourteen, and mm-hmm. not much this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in a have you shot anything other than like the color stuff? But you're always shooting. You always have a Leica. You have something you're shooting. Well, I'm always shooting something, but I don't think it's anything that relates to the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's some travel stuff I've gotten that's really nice. Uh, some documentary stuff, mm-hmm. but that's it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find it interesting. I may be sort of coming to a, an interesting point because I've done a lot of travel this year. Mm-hmm. To a lot of interesting places, but I don't think I got many good pictures in those places this year because I was I was there for a reason. I was giving a workshop yeah, or yeah, giving yeah. a talk, uh, and just um, in contests, whatever. But that took enough energy and time that I really didn't, couldn't concentrate, make pictures on my own. But what about this? Is what I kind of always thought about something with your skill set and yeah seemingly available time is that yeah. what about like a uh, like kind of like a real in the gut kind of like documentary project where you're like I'm gonna go to somewhere in New Jersey I don't know like somewhere like do a real photojournalist black and white kind of serious thing where you choose because you have the music one right like that book yeah. and the big hair I feel like that has that photojournalism instinct that how this one has that street vibe so I'm always wondering like if you have that why because that's something that I that's like a barrier I can't really cross and Tom is kind of good at this of like mixing in more of the photojournalistic um, it's like Part of, part of Partly me, I'm not feeling in, I'm not either feeling inspired mm-hmm. or attached enough or there's other things going on that are somehow keeping me from just mm-hmm. you know, dropping everything and going. I don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. I can't define it. Um, Sounds you know, like it's part of your process, but, though. But it here's is. the thing. It you is. have that. You did the Occupy Wall Street because that was right on right. your front doorstep. But also, that was the last time yeah. I did. That's the last thing that I would call a real project, and that's because it was dropped into my lap mm-hmm. and it elicited a very strong emotional response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has to be something – it doesn't have to be right in front of me, mm-hmm. but it has to be something that elicits a real response um, that affects me mm-hmm. personally. But I remember seeing the book that I mean, there's a lot of good that but that, I think that's that, good. I think that's one that you definitely have to wait. Hopefully you can make it another thirty years. But you well, know what I'm, I'm afraid so. <laughs> you know, I mean, but it is really that thing because it would yeah. be, you know. I showed that. Yeah. I went to, it's just in twenty twelve, yeah. I went see Occupy was twenty eleven, mm-hmm. from September to November. Mm-hmm. And 2012, I went to PhotoFest in Houston mm-hmm. with, a, with a color and a black and white book dummy, mm-hmm. both of which felt really different. The color felt very yeah, photojournalistic. Yeah. The black and white was very personal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unusually, it was like Big Hair and True Love. It was shot with a flash, mm-hmm. which, is mm-hmm. very, which is rare for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it has a much more sharp and judgmental feeling mm. uh, in it. And... Um, but it comes back to what you just said. The reaction was, oh, I wish we'd had these while it was going right. on, yeah. but I don't right. have the photojournalist killer instinct yeah. to you know, get my ass up to, yeah. the, up to the bureau that very second. Right, right, and beside, right. you know, a really fine photographer like Ash Gilbertson was doing <laughs> it and doing it really yeah, well. Yeah, so, I mean, there you know, were so people knocking I, was, I mean, my park. God, there was – sometimes there were as many photographers as there were protesters yes, there. Yeah. Uh, I ran into at least six different people doing – 99 faces for the 99% <laughs> right, portrait right. series in, in Zuccotti Park. <laughs> right, right. I have uh, a picture of you from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you do. Right. And uh, other people, uh, and, and one guy who was doing one of those projects photographed me, <laughs> right. which I thought was really funny. Um, but that's it, it, just not my it's take. It's not the time. But yeah. but yeah, so the reaction I got from it was, 
well, we didn't have it while it's going on. Now we can't use it mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, it's spot news. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things that 10, 15, 20 years from now, I'll pull this out of the archive mm -hmm. when I actually am an old guy. <laughs> um, and people go, oh, wow, look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that, Charlie? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and we'll see where it goes. But um, I think the reason I want to try and get this partly done is I realized that my time in Manhattan, in New York, mm. is limited. Mm. You know, it doesn't have a definite cutoff point, but mm. it's approaching. It's approaching. Yeah. And so I want to get as much as I can done mm. um, and sort of consolidate it, both as much inside my head as mm. get more pictures. Mm. I have enough photographs. Mm. There'll always be more, mm. you know, I mean, you know, you didn't get that picture. Well, there's another one. <laughs> um, but... It, it's now I'm beginning to feel like oh, I want to I want to at least bring some sense of closure to yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I think, yeah, like, all right. I think what we'll do is like, we're going to take a quick break. Right. And we're going to come back. You brought some amazing books. I know I we'll talk about those. See, well, maybe it is my favorite part of the show because you never, I don't know what books are going to show up. Yeah. I don't know. And that, that's the charm of it. This is my excuse for doing the show. Uh -huh. Really, I mean, as much as it's I. It's what books we bring. Right. As much as I enjoyed our conversation and hearing what you had to say, I'm really after your staff. It's a twi know? okay, twisted library. It's a twi it's yeah. So, like, you <laughs> well, give me a call. You can come over. I got a huge uh, stack yeah. of books you haven't seen. Well, and we were talking sometime. about scanning, and that's another thing about scanning is you can always pull a handful of books off the shelves and spend right. some time sipping a scotch and looking through your books. Right. And it's a whole, you know, it's a whole way to. Uh, of all the ways to spend your time, I'm saying it's like, a good that's one. not the worst It's one, a yeah. good one. And either, sitting and talking about books is not a bad way to spend time either. Here You're we are. Right. And here we are. And here we are doing just <laughs> so that. So the first one I want to talk yes, about dear friends. <laughs> is we're going to talk about Columbia Road, Yona Neurath. And I worked with Yona on Photographer Sketchbooks, a book. Right. Which is a really good book with Stephen McLaren. Stephen McLaren and Paul Witt, Thames and Hudson. And she came out with this, and she's always been a photographer taking pictures. And she made this... Uh, Charming little book that's uh, it's on Hoxton Mini Press, which is Hoxton a nice Mini. British publisher, London publisher, you, and they're so small, they're like five by seven, yeah, vertical books, and they're just beautifully produced. And they got a whole series of them. And of course, I've known Johanna for a while. And a few years ago, I curated uh, a series called From Distant Streets at a gallery mm. in Kentucky with 29 photographers from around the world. And Johanna sent me four of her Columbia Road pictures, and uh, they were just gorgeous, and the University of Louisville bought them for their permanent collection. Wow. And so when the book came out, I was just thrilled. So it. I'm going to read just – so just – Yeah, please. Because Columbia Road could be any road, but it's not any road, so I'm just going to no, read not something quick. Every Sunday, Columbia Road in Hackney is home to London's biggest dedicated flower market, originally a path used to transport cattle down the – to Smithfield slaughterhouses, by the mid-19th century, the area had become a slum. In 1869, philanthropist Angela Burdett Coates bought the land and redeveloped it, building a covered 
food market there. Initially, the flower market ran on Saturday, but later switched to a Sunday to suit the East End's many Jewish vendors. Head down that way now, and you'll find stallholders whose market lineage goes back generations, as well as a newer contingent of Hackneyites selling flat whites, vintage fashion, and graphic art from the Victorian shops that line the street. So that's Columbia Road. So it's a uh, it's marketplace in London's East End, right? Yes, indeed. I don't know. They just gr- just off of shortage it's, again. Right. Yeah, <laughs> just but I don't. So like I read I shortage East End. I read these yeah. Hackney like these things in London. It was like back before I was in New York. It could have been like whatever. I have no yeah. idea where it is. So where you lived in London? Where exactly? Uh, I was London? farther east from that okay. actually. But uh, we we were in Ly- we lived in Limehouse, which is an old uh, sailors neighborhood on the mm. Thames. Um, once upon a time, now it's of course <laughs> gentrified like everything else. For that matter, so is Hackney. Um, but it, the Columbia Road Flower Market is a wonderful. It's a wonderful experience. It's really, really crowded on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. It is the best place in town to buy flowers and mm-hmm. plants. Uh, but if you, just like frankly, like the Flower District here on Twenty Eighth Street, get there early in mm-hmm. the morning, like. Six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock. If you want to get the best buys, later it just fills up with people, and then the tourists uh, and people who are looking at the flowers mm-hmm. and taking pictures of the flowers, but they're not buying the flowers. But the charm of what Johanna has done is what she has focused on. It started with just simply looking down at her feet right. and looking at the detritus of mm-hmm. after of flowers in the water and the dirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leftovers and mm-hmm. what the litter after the uh, after the market is closed or as things are later in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then she took pictures of the some of the people and more details uh, inside the and, windows. And, There's and a the lot. Windows. I mean, I mean really, or yeah. the water bucket that holds yeah. the flowers when when the buck when all the flowers are sold. There's bunches of flower petals and inside floating in the water what gets and those are behind. beautiful in themselves and mm-hmm. she has a terrific sense of formal composition from abs from random elements and it's just mm-hmm. and they're just beautiful and you know there isn't enough there aren't enough beautiful photo books that aren't pretty pictures mm-hmm. these aren't pretty pictures well, she, really I mean, but the thing photographs. I like about it too is like she incorporates a lot of street photography tropes yeah. right in yeah. this the, yeah. the reflection Absolutely. shots the silhouettes like you have some up close stuff and it's very all the color I mean she's a she's a designer with like a deep history of like graphic design yeah. and how to design and it shows books in and like the, color and it shows like, where she puts things in the rectangle and what really depresses about me is like she is a designer that's her trade and she can go out and just make these type of pictures and the people that go out consistently try to make pictures and try to make a book We'll never make a book like this, and she no. just nailed it. You know, like that's absolutely. A, and that's that's one of those things about photography is that like you put that camera in some people's hands, and some you don't know. Like they could <laughs> some just people are going to give out you gold, and some are just not going to get out. And of quite the often, it's the people who are trying so hard to make the gold that don't make it ever. You know, yeah. You know, that's why they have to go on Twitter and Facebook and rant about other stuff. Oh, it sounds like another rant coming. No, no, I love this. I was like really excited because I saw her release. It. I was like, oh, she did a book. And then I saw it ended up on one of the photo I lists. I can't remember who chose yeah. it. Um, and so that you'd actually bring it and show it. I was like, this is, and I love this. I actually love it's it. It's a wonderful book. It's, it's, it's really beautiful. It's one of those, because it's one of those books where it's like, God, I would try to make those pictures. Like I, the way you see was like this is the way I like to see. You know. Yeah. 
So I hope I can buy these. She has she has a wonderful, wonderful eye. And the color, the color is just it's yeah. so rich. And it's not tweaked, it's not it's not like mm-hmm. edited up and oversaturated. It's like, yeah, if you were there, that's what it would look like. It's composition, man. It's composition. Yeah. What you put in the frame, how you put it, and yep. that's uh and the sequencing, the whole thing. It's like and the form really is like Keeping yeah. it at this, this it's a lot of horizontal books, pictures yeah. in a small vertical book. Yeah, and but yet it, the, it's just very so well done. And it's that's just, it's a real see, charm. It's see. a real charming book. I can go through yeah. this over and over. Yeah, it feels good. I in just your hands. Yeah. but it also is one of those books that you feel like these are the people who know how to make a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can just see like so, I'm not. People and making don't. a book is is an art in its own. Oh, absolutely! But I mean, sometimes I've seen a I lot of lo- books with really yeah. fine photos, but the book itself, because of the way it's put together, is just not well, very interesting. You can always go very to the other extreme where it's way over designed and there's mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, to there's say. so much. There's it's so much design, but the pictures yeah, are the pictures well, are whatever, nothing. and the concept's bad. But this yeah. is like, this is the, the the right type of photos for the right type of form, the right type of sequencing, and she just, yeah, I mean, she got it. I mean, that's a great book. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm we'll, glad you enjoyed that. We'll d- dig into that. So it's Hulks and Mini Press. How long have they been around? Um, I think just a year or two. I don't. An answer to your question, I really don't know. Hmm. Uh, we'll have to dig into it. Best to uh, best to admit one's ignorance. Sure, uh, yeah. But not Hulks very long. long. Not very long. Design and layout. Okay. Well, they've got according to this, they've got seven, seven books, books yeah. and uh, eight now with yeah shortage wildlife. Yeah, so there's seven. The so the next one is shortage wildlife. Doogie Wallace. Doogie Wallace. So Doogie Wallace in the last several years has really risen to prominence. He's just like- come up, come out. He's worked very hard. He's mm-hmm. he's not a professional photographer. He earned his living in other ways, but he's traveled a lot. He's got a very particular style. Mm-hmm. He is a lot of his pictures are heavily flash lit, mm-hmm. and a lot of them he he does a huge amount of almost of what some people will consider too much photoshopping, but that's Doogie's style. Mm-hmm. I mean, over processed. I mean, but he does it intentionally. It's not like it's it's done very consciously and carefully. Um, I mean, he did the the road wallas and uh, the taxis in uh, India. Yeah, with the his, hags his, and the stags. What is the stags and hens. oh, and stags, hens, and bunnies and hey, Blackpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's he's sort of looking at the seamy side of life, mm. but he's sort of recording it. But he's not necessarily hostile, uh, which I think is interesting. But the new series, I think, is more hostile, where he's making more judgments. In these, he's more recording it, both the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, well, to me, this where some is people, just, yeah. where some people are really working out all their neuroses. Now, Doogie is a very funny guy. He's uh, from Glasgow. He's got a really intense Glaswegian accent, um, and he's a big guy. You know, nobody's going to challenge him. Mm-hmm. Um, and but he's he's got tremendous courage. He's not afraid of anybody or anything. He you know he talks to people. He's uh, you know it's just he's a he's a very pleasant enough bloke, if you will. And um, you know we've had a drink or two together over the years, and I really like his pictures. And yeah, he's got he's, enough. I mean, I'll, I'll take this over whatever Bruce Gilden's doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sorry, Bruce, whatever. But like, um, yeah, this is do he. Gildan is more to me. I mean, Bruce would probably tell me I'm full of shit, but he's more of a conceptual portraitist, especially mm-hmm. the new stuff. Yeah, that's conceptual portraiture, filling the frame so close, flash lit, and choosing the people he chooses, especially the new stuff. I mean, I can't think of anything else to call. Well, I it. think to me, like if you're going to say contemporary street, this kind of feels like yeah, very the flash, much. the very aggressive kind of stuff, right. like. 
You know, you have... You but know, not necessarily hostile. That's the I don't difference. I think it's hostile. No, I think he's just, like, there and popping that flash yeah. and, like, right. the color and, like, the focus on kind of, like, you know... This is ob- this is obviously like the Williamsburg of uh, London. London. I think right? in many ways it is. I suppose, I mean, that's why I suppose people wildlife. in Shoreditch would be pissed off at that because like we came first or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, yeah, yeah. it's where the cool the yeah. cool folks. Yeah, well, Lon- yeah, London was there first. The Bushwick, we, you know, for right? The Bushwick. Yes, yes. Even though we record it. in Bushwick, the. Yes, well, whatever. I don't know. Is uh, this even the hippest neighborhood in the city? I, I wouldn't know. I, I live in lower Manhattan, which is Tom not hip know. at all. So you know, I live I, in I'm, Queens. So. Yeah. Uh, the, rent, the rent prices, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. But, you know, as it gets drunker and crazier, it uh, the pictures just match it. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Yeah, he's got a, like, a there's something, there's there's every, like, five pages you come, like, yeah. damn. Yeah. So this is a guy, he's, like, living life, and he's just... Yeah. That's the thing. Is like you're gonna do this. Is like you got to be in the mix. Like, That's yeah, it. You gotta be like, yes, I want to be out there tonight. Like I'm just not that. It's like if it's Saturday night, like I don't want. Well, that's be the here, But that's the mean? difference between a writer and a photographer. Right. A photographer right. has to be there. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. You know, he's got to be there. Uh, like you, I would rather be on a corner in Queens on Saturday morning where there's no one there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. Like, that's where I want to. But be that's there. the kind of pictures you take. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, the, the one thing this reminds me of, and yet it has an entirely different feel, is, yeah, is Machi Dakovich's Cardiff After mm. Dark. Right. Uh, which is another fine book. I think Again, he was there in the middle of it and knew the people, and he talked to people, mm. and they were people he knew in a lot of the pictures. And I think there's, there's a similar feeling to this as the... But yet, in stags, hens, and bunnies, it's it's again, it's the same feeling. Up only, it's up in Blackpool, which is full of, uh, you know, stag and hen parties before weddings when everyone gets utterly trashed and debauched. I like before. that book. I think it's a good book. Again, it's it's another one of those mini press yeah. books, well printed, really nicely made. Uh, See, when I look and at the this subject and- matter, is it's it's. Well edited, it's well yeah. sequenced. It tells and you a get story. It, you get it. You get the feeling. And I get it when I look at this. It's like, okay, this is street. When you talk about street photography, like, okay, this is I can get behind this. I like this. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying. So it's a different <laughs> yeah. thing. You put the book in, and you're like, okay, I'm. I'm it sort of that, does you know? an interesting sequencing too, yeah. in that it starts in the light, it gets darker and darker, and later and yeah. later, and it ends up pretty much almost at dawn. You know, yeah. it's like from twilight to dawn. Uh, I like how these both these books they feel like novels. Like these are the novel, you know what I'm saying? The form of it too is like it feels like a small novel. Yeah, you know? that's got to be intentional too with the way they do the, mm-hmm. the subject matter. You know, no, he's a good. This is a good one. I have well, to look. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure like uh, somebody will say, "How do you not know that press?" Because there's a lot of small presses yeah. doing good good books these days and. Exactly. A lot of times they do a couple of them. You see, and like that's, that's yeah. Like kind this of, is now a series. There's seven so far produced. I love that. Uh, I love that idea, and I love that the that the publisher has this kind of like thematic series that they're going about yeah. doing. And like, I, I, I'm curious. Is it all London though? Yeah. Is it all based? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, oh, so all let, me, let me see. This is book one, two, three. Hackney, London, East London swimmers. I've lived in London for eighty six. Yes. So it's like years. a yeah. series of London books. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that is great. Yeah. There's Doogie. See, that yeah. is great. I love that. Yeah. It's like a series of short stories about London that they're putting they, on. That is the way to do it. That's a good way. That's a good way. That is like yeah. conceptually for a publisher to go yeah, out I mean, and do If you that. look at the titles, there's also One Day Young and Hackney, Drivers in the 1980s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and that's it. I mean, that's so. the way because a lot of times you want to come out and like the publisher, and we were going to publish like 
the hottest stuff and we're going to be all over the map. But I think like being focused on one area and having expertise is really the way to go. And doing it really well. Yeah. yeah doing exactly. it really well. So I don't know. The last book is a little sad, I have to say. Yeah. Chris, is, Christophe Agu's Les Faits Secondaires. Uh, and Christophe asked, passed away this year, a few yes. months ago. Far too young. 46. 46. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, actually, it's, and he is, he was a brilliant, brilliant photographer, mm -hmm. multi-talented. He was a sculptor. He was an artist. He was a poet, mm -hmm. um, a man of great depth and intelligence with, and, and heart. Mm -hmm. And I miss him a lot. So let me. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna read a little bit from his opening here. It's like um, I don't know. I almost want to read the whole thing. What you want? May I? So like, no. I'll, you want to read it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you, yeah. You oh, yeah. It. I'll, hey, I'll do it. Yeah. I won't read it in French. <laughs> I wake with a start. Then everything becomes clear. I find a world that, to a large extent, I have never experienced before. The outside world has not moved, but everything is more fleeting, uncontrollable, and perishable. Deep inside, I feel more vulnerable, restless. The love that binds me to others and to life has no constant and fixed form. I am aware of the facts. The past is always behind me. The future remains uncertain, and the present is, without the shadow of a doubt, what I need to shed light on. Knowing that life will end sooner or later makes this world intensely alive. My fears and expectations lead me to face the reality that is directly perceivable by my senses. Everything I see, hear, feel, sense, touch, or taste guides my perceptions, my emotions, and my actions. All I wish to do is to contemplate the continuous flow of existence beyond the ordinary dimension. Morning, day, evening, night, stepping gently, I seek the light within the darkness of being. Between light and dark, real and imaginary, material and immaterial, presence and absence, distance and intimacy, gravity and weightlessness, I am attentive to the world that surrounds me. With every glance I take and the negative positive of existence and the inevitability of impermanence to its glowing limits, alone and haunted, I trust my inner eye, the heart. Everything, absolutely everything, becomes visible. Appearances, disappearances, nothing seems of secondary importance to me. Christophe Agu. Beautiful. Yes. So I have, so I worked with Christophe on the photographer's sketchbooks. And he right. was in New York. Yeah. And I was summoned, you know, he was, I had to go to his studio and I had to go to his studio and take some pictures. And the book we featured in the sketchbooks was his China work. So I got to go to Christoph's studio and hang out with Christoph for the day and shooting with his slides. And he brings me into this studio, which is filled with, because his wife is some sort of collector or designer or what, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she's a... She is a dealer in 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 uh, are, are some in 20th century art uh, furniture and design. Yeah, exactly. High so design I come pieces. into this yeah. studio and I'm like, where in the hell am I? And like Christoph yeah. is like, I've got these slides for you. And he's got to pull them out. And like, if you've been with Christoph, you know, like he's like this energy, like this just like float fluttering around. Like you got to see this, Brian. Have you seen this? I'm like, I got to show you this. Like always wanting to show you something, and it was just like. You, all you do is you sit there and kind of like let him guide you through. And I took the pictures of like his book and he's like, is that okay? So should we do it this way, this way? Like, no, it's fine, Chris, I was fine. Like do it. And it was an amazing day. And I remember it very vividly to this and we got the good pictures. But what I remember most is we went, 
it was a couple, maybe a couple of weeks later, we went to the art book fair and like I needed a few more photos because I'd sent what I got back to Joanna and Steven, like we need some more. So I went back and Christoph brought like some more photos and I took the pictures. And as we were walking through, like his book was on the shelf of like, who was, who was the publisher who put it out? It was, was, it might've been, I don't know. Somebody was selling it. Was it, it was Del Pierre? Well, it wasn't the publisher, but it was oh. was one of the booths had it. And he saw yeah, it there, yeah, and yeah. like he pulled the book off, and he was looking at it, and he was like, "There's something wrong with this book. The pages, there was some deformity in the book, and there were only three of them on the shelf." And Christoph was like, "I can't, you can't sell this book to anyone." And like he talked to the guy at the booth, and he's like, "I'll, I'll make sure you get like a replacement one." And he pulled the book off the shelf, and he's like, "Here, here Brian, like." You want this one? <laughs> so he pulled like the, the the book that had like the deformity or whatever the missing with the photos, and like he just gave it to me. So like wow. that's the copy of this book, and like that's funny, yeah, and like but in that, a way that's a treasure of its own. Oh, because it's it, unique. Because yeah. he was like he wasn't gonna take that book and like throw it away. It's like he wanted to give it to somebody, and right. like I never in my experience like somebody who was like had so much joy. And handing over a book and just like it, wanting to give it. How wonderful! And it was that? just like that, like moment of like knowing that, like that's that was the whole thing for him. It was like just giving it to somebody and knowing they have it. It's like no, no, here, have it. And like he signed it. So I have this book, and it's a little bit messed up and maybe one of a kind, but it's sitting on my shelf. So like you bring that this book today. That's great. <laughs> like, wow, that's wonderful. Automatically, I was like, I can't believe it. Today, I get to tell that story. You know? I'm glad. I'm yeah. really glad. And it's, it's a, a really good book. It's, it's an a, amazing yeah. book. You know, it's quite different from all of his other mm -hmm. work because it's far more conceptual. Mm -hmm. The pictures are intentionally not sharp. They're a lot of them are flash lit. A lot of them are heavily overexposed. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a Diary of intense light. Yes, intense light. Uh, like it's a it's a man. It's almost too much light. It's a man searching. He wants that. He doesn't want that light to die. So it's he, like you want. That's a re that's a really good point. He doesn't want it to die. He's like he I knows, want let I want to I want to bring let in as much light as possible in the darkness. It's amazing, right. you know. Yeah, and you might he must have sensed something. And there and there's a certain feeling of impermanence with mm -hmm. all the pictures because they're. Quite intentionally made, even mm -hmm. uh, even even the older ones in the book. I was, as I look as I went through it, I was I sort of chuckled to myself when I first got it a couple of years ago. Um, I was there when several of these frames were made, mm -hmm. um, like New Year's Eve in uh, Central Park mm -hmm. between two thousand eight and nine. My first New Year's in New York, and then at a at a bar in mm -hmm. uh, in Alphabet City somewhere one night. And then there's just so many others that are just really, really intense. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Yeah, you knew. I mean, you, <laughs> you just must have had to send something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, you can just feel it of like. This may have been before the diagnosis mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, but still, they're just, they're really quite, quite special. Like you had to do it, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, I'm a sucker for any time, just like. Classic black and white, put a roll of film in your camera and just go off. But the difference is, of course, it's not classic black and white because they're not in focus. They're not mm. perfectly exposed. They're, well, I mean, come on. You, like know, you have a tradition uh, yeah, of Daito yeah, yeah. Moriyama yeah, and the I Japanese. Mean, I think right. it's, it's a very Japanese vibe yeah. to you know what I mean? And, and there's like, that picture of the of the snarling dog that, as I said to you. That's a definite reference to Daito. Of course. It's got to be. Yeah. But the difference is, as I said to you, yeah. 
Christoph's dog would eat. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure he's looking down at us. Yes, laughing. Like, laughing. Laughing. Like, yeah. Yes, he would. Yeah. Yes, you know I mean? so it's, it's, no, I, I mean, there's this yeah. amazing, amazing. It's pictures. just, it's a, it's a fabulous thing. Uh, and something I really treasure. Absolutely. Well, Richard, thank you for bringing it. Yeah. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you for bringing all the books and thanks for. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for a wonderful afternoon conversation. Yeah, and thank you for a couple of beers and good company. And um, as always, it's a pleasure to sit around and talk photography and books and life, the universe, and everything. Uh, Always. Always. Richard Bram, thank you so much. Thanks for coming. My pleasure. Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests, and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and lpvshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for $20. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>